This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Wednesday night, January 19th, 2022, and you're listening to another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my po- co- wow. co-host, Paul <laughs> Zartman. I about said co-host, uh, Paul you know. It's late. It's a Wednesday. I've been my, called for so you know we're okay with that. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Paul. My uh, energy and attention span has been drained from a great episode of AW Dynamite tonight. One of the best, I think, we've seen in quite a while. You know, and I got to say right off the bat, I'm so glad I didn't wear the shirt that I was planning to wear since you're wearing it. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't worn it since the night that John Moxley announced that he was entering himself into rehab. And now that he has returned, I thought it was fitting. <laughs> I thought it was fitting, and that's pretty much how the show started tonight. Yeah. JR did welcome everybody in. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Welcome, everybody, to Washington, D.C. He then introduced Excalibur and Tony Schiavone to the telecast. But then, wild thing, John Moxley's music hits to a huge pop. Oh, I'm so glad he didn't come back last week. Yeah, I I had a feeling before AW announced it yesterday he was going to be coming back because GCW's got their big pay-per-view on Sunday. He's defending the title there. So when they announced that, I'm like, Tony Khan's not going to want his first wrestling appearance back to being GCW. Right. Even though, you know, he knew it was probably just going to be a promo tonight. Not the promo I was expecting from Moxley, but still a promo nonetheless. And can we talk about his appearance? He's lost weight. At He's, least 20 pounds, I would say. Yeah, he uh, trimmed up the beard a little bit, oh. got a haircut. Looks good. Looks great. Reminded me a lot of uh, Dean Ambrose. Yep. I mean, I mean, you could tell his weight loss, especially in the face. Oh, yeah. Big difference. He kind of had that double chin I've got, and now it's gone. (laughs) Well, like I said, his music hit. He made his way out to the ring. Everybody was just pumped and excited to see what he was going to say. The crowd's chanting Moxley, 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 and welcome back, welcome back. Um, But right before he says something, somebody yells something from the crowd, and we see Moxley with the first live F-bomb I can remember from a promo, at least, in AW history, as he told security, he told the guy to shut up and told security to get him out of there. I believe the guy said something about getting Moxley a drink. 
is what yeah. I saw on Twitter. Yeah, um, you could hear the fans a little bit more than normal. Uh, I think they had a microphone a little too close or the camera mic was on or something. But yeah, he definitely was rambling on for a good 30 seconds before Mox finally told him to shut up. Yep, he told him to shut up. Then Moxley um, uh, was going over why he was gone, talks about a demon, says everyone has a story and we all have scars, but he says there are plenty of people who want to write him off. He says he doesn't run from demons beats the shit out of them said he's been to hell and he does not recommend it he says that he is thirsty and all he does now is drink blood pretty powerful stuff from moxley i thought that was an absolutely great promo from moxley um not something that i was expecting in his return i figured it'd be something of you know oh i'm back and i'm going after what's mine and that be that but he delivered a hell of a promo very heartfelt promo and you could tell that well it was interesting because when he left off his character was going to heal direction but they can't make him heal at least the first night when he comes back he's got to get that baby face pop so i think yeah. over time maybe we see his character start going down the healish path again yeah i think it'll happen i mean it's just a matter of time they'll they'll pick back up where they were at um maybe let him ride out this baby face pop for a little bit longer and I'd say mid-year they'll flip him again. And we're going to see John Moxley's first match and return Friday night uh, on Rampage when he faces Ethan Page. Yeah. Of course, you knew he had to get a match in before GCW. Oh, yeah. Poor, poor Ethan Page, man. <laughs> guy, guy cannot uh, get a singles win lately, at least on, on TV. This guy's going to get squashed. Then we go backstage, see MJF with Wardlow. MJF begins cutting a promo and says he would have won if he was a seasoned veteran, MGF says that when Wardlow puts his hands on him, he crossed the line. Wardlow, uh, MGF said that he has to dock Wardlow's pay. And throughout the promo, great facial expressions from Wardlow, especially when MGF was talking about how Spears was going to beat CM Punk. Wardlow's rolling his eyes and, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still really digging this storyline with Wardlow and MGF. Um, I mean, we've known the turns coming and just planting more and more seeds. Um, again, at least he did finally say happy birthday to him. Uh, a lot of people were pointing out on Twitter that uh, MJF wished our truth a happy birthday, but never mentioned Wardlow. So at least he did on television. So the War Dog's birthday today. Yes. yes. Uh, next week's beach break from Cleveland, Ohio, which Wardlow's from the surrounding areas of Cleveland. You think any, I mean, do you think, I don't personally think we get the Wardlow turn next week, but I think we get some more seeds planted for sure. Oh, we'll get seeds planted because, I mean, no matter what they do, the crowd's going to pop for Wardlow in mm -hmm. Cleveland. Mm -hmm. He's getting pops everywhere he goes, but Cleveland's will be will be uh, loud, definitely big. We then get the mixed tag match that was advertised since last week, Orange Casting, Chris Statlander versus Adam Cole and Dr. Brett Baker, DMD. Pretty fun match here, Paul. Oh, it was. I was actually laughing, and it wasn't because, you know, it was such, oh, you know, oh, I can't believe they did that. It's just the chemistry these four had and the different styles and the things that uh, Orange Cassidy and Statlander were doing, just, they made me chuckle. Yep. Uh, right away, it looked like we were going to get Statlander and Britt Baker to begin the match, but uh, Britt tagged Adam Cole in right away, and uh, Cassidy started hitting with the soft kicks. Um, 
Well, Britt stepped on Cassie's foot. Statlander's then in. She goes after Britt Baker, tags in Adam, who tags in Adam Cole. Um, a lot of back and forth here. Some fun spots. I think one of my favorite spots of the match was when Chris Statlander had Britt Baker up for a uh, suplex for a long time. Cassie slowly hits the ropes and just slowly pushes Chris down so that she falls with Britt for the suplex. I uh, Yeah, that was one of my favorites, too. I love the little running motion he did uh, around her there for, uh, for a second. Yep. Yep, a lot of fun. I mean, Adam Cole hit uh, Cassidy with an enziguri at one point, went for the superplex, but Cassidy got out of it and countered into the Stun Dog Millionaire. Statlander got in. Uh, she knocked Britt Baker down. She went for the area 451, but Adam Cole laid on top of Britt Baker. He tipped to stop Statlander from doing it, but she did it anyway. Um, Orange that hit Adam Cole with beach break. Uh, Adam Cole acts like he will hit Statlander with the uh, Panama Sunrise, but Britt uh, super kicks her, and then she nails Statlander with a Canadian Destroyer, which she kind of did the Bay Bay sign, so it's kind of her version of it. Cole then hit Cassidy with the Panama Sunrise. Went for the pin, but Cassidy kicked out. Britt got a table out. Cassidy bumped into Britt Baker, who went flying flying and crashing through the table. The referee checked out Britt. Uh, Adam Cole's fuming. He hit Orange Cassidy with a low blow. Then he hit Cassidy with the boom for the one, two, three. I mean, that's how it had to go. There was no other way. Britt had to get injured. Cassidy was going to take the pin. There's too much going on with Statlander to have her eat a pin right now, and we knew Cole and Baker weren't going to eat a pin. No, and I, I don't think Adam Cole will lose till Revolution. That That's my guess who's the next in line after Lance Archer for Hangman Adam Page's uh, world title. I think it's Adam Cole, and I think that's where he'll take his first loss. But, you know, they're, they're careful with Orange Cassidy. Yes, he's la- racking up more losses recently than he had, but usually they're not clean. Right, right. So that's always a plus. Yep. So then backstage we see, uh, uh, where am I in my notes here? The inner circles, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz doing a backstage interview with Alex Marvez. Jericho says he doesn't give a damn what Eddie Kingston has to say. Marvez said that Kingston got hurt in last week's match, when in reality Kingston got hurt at the dark tapings. He fractured his uh, orbital bone. So he's got to be out for quite a few weeks. So that kind of throws a wrench in the plan storyline plans, I believe, that was going on. But I like the way they're going in this direction. Um, it's after Jericho said he didn't care about what Eddie Kingston has to say. Satana or Ortiz cut him off say, and said they do care about what Eddie has to say and that he said something last week that may be true. And they tell him to tread lightly because they do give a damn about him. They question if – Jericho is with them or not and maybe he really is the reason they've never been AEW Tag Team Champions. You know, they listed uh, all the rivalries against the Elite, the Pinnacle, and now 2.0 and how they've always had his back. Um, they said next but when week has he had theirs? Exactly. And, he's, and they said next week they'll find out. And Cynthia said, you feel me? And Chris said, no, I don't feel I don't you. Feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I turmoil in the inner circle and I'm all for it. Yep. Um, I, I think that's the right direction. I mean, they're playing off things Eddie Kingston has said outside of AEW and interviews. And I like that a lot. Uh, we've talked about this numerous times on the podcast before we think the inner circle should have split up back there in the stadium stampede match. They should have lost to the pinnacle at double or nothing split up, but they didn't do that. So 
Um, getting some seats here. I, I like it. I do too. I'm all for it. Then we get Adam Cole backstage interview. He's fuming about Orange Cassidy. He says he's been a thorn in his side for far too long. He challenges Orange to a lights out match next week on uh, Beach Break. Adam Cole yeah. says he will end his career. Uh, yeah, and then we're reminded, you know, the last time we had a lights out match, it involved uh, Britt Baker and um, Thunder, Thunder Rosa. Rosa. That was so, my match of the year for last year. Yeah, yes, it was. So I'm excited to see if these two can deliver like Brit and Thunder did. Um, we've seen a couple lights out matches apart from just the Britt Baker one that have been really good. I like the fact that they're not overdoing lights out matches because, I mean, you could have a lights out match once a month if you wanted to, but they kind of just keep it as this special, all right, look, we're going to end this rivalry. We're going to end it now, and here's how we're going to do it. Yeah, no, that I, I like how they do that. They usually – AEW does a really good job of ending feuds. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't that, just – a big match, usually a no-rules match or something, but just finish it off. Yes. It's always nice to see because, you know, a lot of times we've gotten so used to feuds ending with a pin count. Yep. One, two, three, oh, match is over. Okay, feud's over. We'll see you next time. Okay, yep. so I beat you three times. You beat me twice. We're over now. Okay, cool. Right. Right. Yep. We then get a uh, series of highlights of CM Punk and Sean Spears that helped uh, set up their match for tonight. We then get that match. Uh, Punk and Spears are about to get, begin their match. However, MJF's music hits. He comes out to join the commentary team for the match. Spears runs right at CM Punk. CM Punk counters and strikes strikes and hits him with the G, a GTS for the one, two, three. Didn't see a squash match coming in this match. I got I got to got to admit. No, uh, we both Less talked last seconds. week. <laughs> yeah, we talked last week that this was going to be a really good match. It was, you know, going to be drawn out. We'd get to see a lot from Sean Spears, and we were both wrong. We were on uh, after the match. Punk celebrating his win. MGF gets into the ring to possibly go for sneak attack, but Punk's ready for it. Punk grabs MGF by the scarf. MGF pulls the other side of the scarf and exits the ring. Yeah. Run away like always. Yep. And, uh, you know, one thing I got to say here is this is nice because one of the things that MJF had said is Punk was struggling to get wins. Yes, he was winning, but mm -hmm. they were long, drawn-out matches where he had to have a lot of defense so to see him come in with somebody like sean spears who isn't a jobber per se but um can easily take a loss and not be too worried about it it was nice to see that really super quick um match happen yeah and sean's a pro's pro i'm yes. sure he had no problem doing the squash to punk and uh yeah i yeah. like storytelling because punk in his previous 10 matches a lot of them he was lucky to escape with the win, and this one took care of Spares right away and makes him look weak inside the pinnacle group. So. Right, right. So maybe we start to see seeds planted there that MJF's holding back Spears. You know, and earlier this week, or last week, actually, I was listening to a podcast after Dynamite last week, and they were saying, did they do them in the right order? Should it have been... Uh, CM Punk beat Spears, and then he's got to go against Wardlow. I could make a, I could, I could see an argument for that. I could too, but I kind of like how this worked out. It's like, okay, you know, I threw the best I had at you. You somehow got past that, so here, have Sean Spears. Yeah, but instead of kind of, it, my thing is, if it would have gone Spears, Wardlow, MJF, 
it would have been like, okay, well, he beat MJF or he beat Wardlow. If you beat Wardlow, he's going to easily beat MJF. This way you kind of get a little bit more build and maybe we see the guys from FTR each take him on or do a tag match or something. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do because I don't think they'll lock up until Revolution, which is on March 6th. So they still got a little ways away to get there. It'll be interesting to see what they do from in between from now till then. Yeah. So, I mean, because, I mean, we did see Cody beat Warlow, but then didn't beat MGF, but that was Warlow's first match. Right. And Warlow's so now, more experienced now. So. Yeah, and has a lot more wins under his belt. <laughs> sure. So, we then get a backstage segment with Billy Gunn confronting Christian Cage, saying his boys are in the top five. You know, how about a shot at Christian's boys? Christian's pretty much like, oh, you really think that's how it works, huh? That's not how it works. And saying, you know, pretty much saying the the, the ass boys, I'm going to call them, instead of gun club like Danhausen does. Uh, they really don't shine in the big spot, saying like Billy did. And he said, you know, Apple doesn't far, fall far, far from the tree. But then we get the ass boys beating up Christian. So looks like it is going to set up a feud with the ass boys and then Jurassic Express. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, it was nice that, you know, they referenced, I always say it's nice when they reference p- careers prior to coming to AEW. Sure, they don't They don't step away from history. Exactly. It's not like, oh, you debuted here. This is your only history. You've only ever won five matches because that's all you've won in this company. And I like that because there is that little bit of history between Christian and Billy Gunn from, sure. you know, the new age outlaws and edge sure. and Christian days. Sure. sure. So to bring that up really sets this up as to, you know, we don't need to settle it. Let them settle it for us. And I think part of it is because AW is such a new company. They have to, you know, acknowledge history, but also Tony Khan's such a pro wrestling fan and he knows the fans and the hardcore fans appreciate that when you don't just beat around the bush or ignore history. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to uh, not beating around the bush coming up here very shortly. Out comes Cody Rhodes. And, you know, I was really intrigued by this. Wasn't sure what Cody was going to say. He's been in the news lately. It's been reported that he's working in AEW without any sort of contract, whether that's a talent contract or EVP contract. He is a free agent, at least as of right now of this recording tonight. It hasn't been reported that he signed a new deal or anything. Yet this was the first time he's been a Dynamite all year, so maybe something's got to get done tonight or something got done tonight. We just don't know it yet. Anyways, he comes out to cut a promo. He says – there is, uh, well, I should say that he doesn't say. There is a 16 or 24-foot ladder submarine. I can't tell how big it was. He, I'd, I'd say at least 12 to 16. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big ladder. Ask the crowd what they want to talk about tonight, kind of, you know, bringing it up, the contract situation without bringing it up. He talks about how the pipe bomb promo of CM Punk was a start to a new revolution. He talks about CM Punk was the return of the decade, not only of the year, but the return of the decade because he's saying how everybody has Punk shirts and signs in the crowd and that everybody's loving it. He talks about how he did what Punk spoke about, you know, Reign of Honor, New Japan, all that stuff. He did it. He brings up the Forbidden Door and how he was the one who built it. Talk about being gone for two weeks. 
And he says, I know Red Dragon graduated from hip toss class, but I don't need to see the Bucks beat development again. Little shot of NXT and WWE right there. Yeah. He goes on to say, I know we're not in the business of renaming people Gunther McGillabuddy. Maybe another shot at Walter now being Gunther. Great yeah. job there, NXT and WWE. You just ruin everything you touch anymore. Well, especially because uh, they had to redo the name because originally the name they were going to go with was a, a German Nazi soldier during World War II. They don't research on anything. They're, <laughs> I know. They're complete just imbeciles at times. It's unbelievable. Yes. yes. Uh, it's embarrassing, really, for the pro wrestling industry. Uh, he also goes on calling out uh, – uh, uh, Brody King saying, but showing up in AW, calling yourself Brody takes balls. Said that uh, Brody Jr.'s got to have a say in that in about eight years. Love that long term storytelling there. Uh, finally, Cody says that Tony Khan sent him a contract for a match against Sammy Guevara, and maybe it's not the contract he wants. He then changes, challenges Sammy to a ladder match next week at Beach Break for the TNT Championship. So he was talking about Brody King and not Brody Lee. Did I say King? Yes. Okay, I apologize. I meant Brody King, not Brody Lee, but then Brody Jr. got brought up in the promo. A lot of Brody's going around tonight. Right, right. And with Jr. being brought up, that's why I thought maybe he was talking about Brody Lee, not Brody King. Um, because, you know, to go from Brody to Brody Lee Jr., it's kind of like, okay. Because he did mention at one point, you know, his toughest challenge to date hmm. when he was talking about Brody. So maybe hmm. he was talking about both. Yeah, I, I, I took it as a direct shot at, at Brody King coming in, not changing his name. So, okay. Yeah. 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 I, Fire I was, promo from Cody. Oh, it, it was great. When, when Cody's feeling it in promo, he's hard to touch on the mic. But I, I would be curious to know how much of that he got improved or talk, talked with the boys that he named in the promo backstage. Because if not, <laughs> I can see some heat backstage. Uh, I'm sure Brody Lee Jr. and Amanda gave him all the rights to say anything about him. Well, I was even saying more about Brody King if that was a shot well, of him. I mean, true, true. I wouldn't want to make that big guy mad. No, but uh, that's that's the thing. Cody is. I mean, he, if he moves half an inch over, he's heel. He is that close to being heel, especially after a promo like tonight, where he's calling out WWE. He's calling out uh, the Young Bucks. He's calling out uh, Red Dragon, Brody King, Brody Lee Jr., Sammy Guevara. Right. He just called out like everybody on the roster, basically, including right. Tony Khan. A very very heelish attitude and tone in his voice tonight but what what yes. what what are your thoughts on his contract situation Paul um you know I hope uh I hope something does come up soon whether it's EVP just talent just EVP I mean I don't know what they're thinking of doing with him right now and I don't know what he's thinking of doing um because he was talking you know maybe five more years in the ring and then he says uh He's got a rude awakening in eight years. So I don't know. Cody's kind of flipped the switch on everything he's thought in the last six months, even uh, probably even two months. So I think, I think we'll see a contract signing from him. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be EVP or just strictly talent. Right. I think, I think he's definitely wants to wrestle for about five more years. Uh, but the EVP situation, I have no idea. 
I mean, I would think how involved he is with the community outreach team and everything, and he's done a lot of good. But, I mean, there's been a lot of heat with the EVPs. I mean, they all don't get along anymore like they used to. So, well, I don't know. so the rumors say. Right, and it then, could just be a big work. I don't know. Yeah, they kind of all squashed that at one point, and then right. everybody just stopped talking about it. Right. So, I, I don't mean, know. Who knows? Maybe there is some actual beef, and that's kind of why he doesn't have a new EVP contract. Maybe they're trying to get him a contract where he's still doing what he was backstage, but he's not an EVP. I mean, do you think it could be, is he playing leverage at all? Do you think he's talking to any other companies out there? Is he running an appearance in Royal Rumble? No, no. <laughs> Stardust, maybe, but not Cody. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think that's the case either. I, no. think I would be really shocked if he left AEW, but I've I've heard other journalists and podcasters out there that said they would be so shocked if he does. So I know, I it's, know. It's, it's, it's I mean, the wrestling world of 2022 anymore. I guess nothing really shocks me anymore, but this kind no, of thing. Nothing truly does shock me anymore, but yeah, if he left, it would shock me. Um especially to go back to WWE. Uh, that's like, I saw a rumor that gold dust was going to be appearing in the Royal rumble. And I'm like, are you people smoking something that you're not sharing here? Because that ain't going to happen. No, it's the, it's ever since the Mickey James thing on the women's side. I mean, the men's yeah. side are teasing a for- forbidden door apparent. So everybody just throwing names out there. Yeah. It'll be, um, I don't know. Undertaker. There we go. There's my prediction. <laughs> we then get Jade Cargill saying she will take on Anna Jay in an open challenge. Anna Jay says she will do what it takes to win. Jade says to Anna, okay, but you need to understand that I'm that bitch. And we're getting the first TBS title defense from Jade against Anna Jay this Friday night on Rampage. I just got to say one thing here. I understand where she's going with, uh, you know, that bitch show for TBS. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just saying the whole show's a bitch is what it says to me. Instead of saying that bitch's show, which is what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Proper grammar, Jade. Come on. Yeah. Smart Mark, straighten your girl up there. Exactly. He's supposed to be a lawyer. He should be good at grammar. Exactly. You'd we think then, we then get the House of Black, Malachi Black, and Brody King versus the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr. with Julia Hart. New entrance music from Malachi Black and Brody King. I guess this entrance music's made from Brody King's band, not Mikey Ruckus. Oh, okay. okay. Mikey Ruckus says he couldn't write something that dark. No, <laughs> no. So, he did good though with Malachi's, yeah. so I, I gotta give him props. Uh, Malachi hits Griff Garrison with a back elbow to start the match. Garrison tags in uh, Pillman Jr. and Black tags in Brody King. Brody King sends Pillman to the outside. Garrison questions Pillman why he's not fighting. Looks like Pillman's kind of broken. I think Malachi's broken by Pillman Jr.'s spirit. Uh, Brody King sends Garrison right into the steel steps. Brody King hits Pillman with a slam, then pins Pillman for the victory. After the match, Malachi Black is about to cut a promo, but Pac shows up on the screen for a video. Pac says he has found a new vision and purpose and sees Malachi Black as every other cretin in AW. Mac will not bow down to Malachi. Malachi Black versus Pac. Take my money, please. Oh, I'm all for this. I am all for this. Although, um, I think the internet's kind of on the same page we are that Julie is the next member of uh, the House sure. of Black because I kept seeing tweets all over the place that 
people were upset that she's not gone goth yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's still coming at some point. Well, she plays into it too a lot of times on Twitter. She'll tweet out a black and white picture of herself and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so it could, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to follow because there's definitely going to be a third member somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that would be perfect because, uh, unfortunately, I don't think Malachi's wife's going to be coming over anytime soon. Nope. So um, she would be kind of the perfect fit. She's still young enough that they can still mold her, keep her on the outside like they're doing with Varsity Blondes, but give her something to do, maybe interfere every once in a while or something. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And uh, um, I what I liked about this pack promo and Malachi, they did the split screen, split screen promo. I love that. That throws yeah. me back to, to WCW days and, and, and WWF Raw, really the attitude era when they did split screen. I love split screen promos. Absolutely. You know, I've been saying that AEW likes to remind you of what old school wrestling was like. And I think we saw a lot of that tonight, whether the Moxley promo, the Cody promo, um, Anna and Jade, even the mixed tag match, everything reminded me a lot of classic wrestling. Yep, hundred percent. We then get a video showing the return of Lance Archer last week. That sets up a, a match here in a little bit. Uh, Brandon Cutler's recording a video message for uh, supposed to be for the Bucks, but he can't find them. Then Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero come come up. Uh, Rocky Romero challenges the Young Bucks to a match on Rampage this Friday. They'll reunite Ropungi Vice for one night. Love how nice Trent was being to Cutler after trying to kill him so many times on being the elite. And I love how they brought up, you know, he gets bullied enough by the Bucks. And then tonight the Bucks have a new bio, bio and it says uh, um, FFS, Brandon. And Brandon then tweeted them with a, a uh, sweat emoji, emoji. So, oh, I love it. It's so good. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think what they're kind of doing, because um, I didn't follow New Japan or anything at the time. So I'm, I'm thinking there's like this uh, good cop, bad cop, and Trent's the good cop. So I think that's where the nice thing comes in. But yeah, him being so nice to Cutler after trying to kill him for eight months on BTE was perfect. Yep. Yep. I loved it. It was great. And he even kind of apologized for it without directly apologizing yeah, for Brandon it. Yeah, because Brandon even brought up, you tried to kill me. Oh, right. uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> we then get the Murhawk Lance Archer with Jake Snake Roberts and Dan Lambert versus Frankie Kazarian. What do you think about this Lambert pairing after Murderhawk um, hit his finisher on Lambert a couple months ago? I'm over Lambert. <laughs> I mean, he's a great guy. He's good on the bike. But I'm over him. Yeah, he's been. It just feels like he's overstayed his welcome, really. And it's and it's not even that. It's like okay, so we've got him with um, men of the year. Which now he we've got need him. To be. Doesn't need to no, be. No, he guys. doesn't. Both of them are excellent on the mic. Yes. Yeah. Um, and now with Archer, when he's got Jake the Snake, who's great on the mic. Mm-hmm. Archer's good on the mic. I don't see the point of it. It's just like they're just throwing him wherever, and it's places he doesn't need to be. Right. right. Put him with somebody like, oh, I don't know, Private Party. Yeah, which, well. They need a mic piece. We'll get to talk about them in a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, before the bell rang, uh, Archer punches Frank Kazarian, and the, then the bell rang. Kazarian got some shots, but Archer began beating him down pretty easily. Archer really controlled most of this match. Um 
he hit Kazarian with a Hell O Coaster, I guess it's called, and the Blackout, which is the finisher move I was talking about earlier. He had lit on Lambert a couple of months ago. Uh, finally, Archer pins Kazarian for the win. Then Shivani gets in the ring, asks Lambert what he's doing here. Lambert tells him not to worry about it. Archer says, I'm tired of this cowboy bullshit. Archer begins attacking Kazarian again, and Hangman Page comes out and clears the ring after getting into it with Lance Archer. Now, see, I know there's a feud that they're working on between Hangman and Archer, but I cannot tell you how bad I just wanted to hear SCU when they got ready to drop Frankie and CD just run out and attack him just, just because. I mean, yeah. let them both go down and then Hangman come out and make the save after that. Like, he takes down Daniels instead, turns his attention back to Frankie, and then Hangman comes out. It'll be interesting to see when and if CD makes an appearance on Dynamite because he's being on BT, but a totally different character. Yeah, and he's still doing all of his backstage stuff. I think my yeah. favorite part was uh, when he showed up back on BTE officially not just the walk in the door but then you know he's handing him the contract you know you got to look over your 401k here you know make sure everything's in line it's a mm-hmm. new year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was great good stuff we then get a backstage segment with dante martin lee moriarty and matt seidel moriarty says dante you had our backs we will have yours until your brother comes back speaking of darius then team taz's ricky starks tells dante he has some kind of brother complex he's like how many brothers do you have and Hobbs counts up to five and shrugs his shoulders. Hobbs warns Dante that they will be going after him. Well, it's because Hobbs can't count past five, so he had to stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Powerhouse Hobbs, Paul Zartman said that, not me. Uh, I said it. I said it on behalf of Tanner Lee. Yeah, good one. Where's Leo Rush, Paul? I don't know. Uh, Ever since he tweeted out at uh, Tony Khan, he has disappeared. They, they, but then you know he, his next tweet made it sound like they're all good, and he was on, he was on um, an interview with Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful not too long ago, and made it sound like everything was good. But we haven't seen him. I mean, I don't know if this is punishment or they just decided to go in a different direction with the storyline. But that's too bad because I was digging the storyline with Leo Rush in it. And maybe uh, it is a little bit of a punishment. Um, you know, okay, you got to take the rest of January off. It's just, it seems they don't know what they want to do. I mean, we see Jay Lethal get in the mix last week in the storyline and challenge Ricky Starks for the FTW title. It's just like, it's all over the place. Well, and this goes back to what we've been talking about. Unfortunately, AEW has too big of a roster. Yeah, it does. I mean, I love the fact that they've got all these great up-and-comers, all these veterans all these seasoned guys who aren't quite to that veteran status yet, but there's just too many of them and And that's causing this. Okay. What do we do with who and how and why and what and where? And I know a lot of contracts are coming up, but it's hard to keep track of when they don't come out and say who's released usually, right? Um, which is fine, but it's just hard to keep track of. Yep. They just kind of slide off into the sunset. Mm Mm-hmm. Got to think some of those guys are coming up soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see exactly who stays, who doesn't, mm-hmm. um, or if they try to get a second two-hour show and still keep Rampage. Uh, I think that'd be a little too much, personally. But well, okay, maybe YouTube shows. Yeah, you got dark, 
which is supposed to be up and come, or you know, kind of not up and coming, but been there, but still new names. Then you've got Elevation, which was supposed to be all indie guys, basically. Um, and then Rampage is just a continuation of Dynamite. Yeah, it's just I think adding another show would be a little way too much, in my opinion. But well, yeah, but it's the only way they keep a roster this big. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to cut down. I mean, that's basically I, I you know some of the AEW originals like Pretty Peter Avalon, for instance. I know he said he's still with AEW, even though he's taking bookings and stuff everywhere else. I don't know how much longer he'll be with AEW. Marco Stunt, uh, Brian Cage, for instance, because I don't know the contract details of a lot of these guys. So you mentioned Marco. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of people who have been with the company for a while and we haven't seen on TV for a while. So right. And and the sad thing is BTE has been trying so hard to rebuild the librarians and get yeah. and fans are enjoying the little segments. I just don't know how well it would translate back to TV. Right. Especially because I mean, Leva's not doing anything on TV. And the more talent you bring over, you know, the Kyle O'Reilly's um, of the, in that nature, they got to get TV time. Yeah. So, I mean, they're big time talents. I mean, Gargano's out there rumored to come. Samoa Joe. I mean, it, the more you add, less time for other guys. So. Yes. Yes. Speaking of, uh, did you see Kyle O'Reilly uh, welcome to his child I into did. the world? Congratulations to Kyle. That was awesome. Yeah. With his AEW hoodie on. Yep. That's awesome. I'm I'm really glad he's all elite. Absolutely. Yes. Congratulations to him on becoming a father. So, well, we then see Chris Statlander and Red Velvet about to cut a promo. Layla Hirsch cuts them off and says that Statlander and Red Velvet have cost her a lot of money. I like that, Paul. I, I like do too. Bringing up the purse for the winners being bigger than the losers. That's that's great. Yes, absolutely. It's perfect. Not something you see a lot of. No, no and it makes total sense because that's one thing they said right at the start of the company. You know, when wins you're champion, and losses you get matter. more money. Wins and losses matter. Red Velvet says miscommunication. Next thing we see is Layla Hirsch ta- attacking both Red Velvet and Statlander. So full heel turn for Layla Hirsch. I'm, I'm all for it. She's a great, great in the ring. I want to see more of her on TV. I uh, kind of knew that was coming when she walked up in a black shirt with black pants on. I went, ah, she's heel. Yep. We then get the women, the lone women's match of the night, which once again, I really wish they could find time slot to get start in two women's matches on Dynamite. Maybe we'll get there yeah. soon. Um, Serena D versus Sky Blue. Um, pretty much Serena D wins a pretty short match, um, to be honest. She wins by putting Sky Blue in the Serena D lock and, and Sky Blue taps out. Yes, yes. Although it wasn't until tonight, I don't know why, that I didn't catch, uh, you know, Deeb is still uh, a recovering addict. She went through a lot. And, you know, they say you're in recovery forever. I didn't realize some of her moves are named after what she went through. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is. I really appreciated that. She is the uh, the workhorse of the women's division in AEW. A lot of she TV is. time, a lot of matches lately. Yes, I think, uh, I think there will be gold around her waist sooner rather than later. I like that prediction. We then get all ego Ethan Page cutting a backstage promo and challenges John Moxley to Moxley to a match on Rampage, which I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. We then I got a highlight package of Hook 
and we see New Japan footage of Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta versus the Young Bucks. Thought that was pretty cool. The next calendar, JR and Tony Giovanni begin going over the matches for Rampage in next week's beach beach break, um, which is uh, going to be a good the card. Old city of Cleveland. Going to be a good card. I mean, we got Cole versus Cassie and Lights Out match. Got Cody versus Guevara uh, for the TNT uh, championship in the ladder match. Um, the undisputed TNT championship. I like I'm, that little. I'm, I'm forgetting something else. Um, Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet. Is that Wednesday? Yes, it is. Okay. Because there was a well, beach behind them. Because on Rampage, we get, we're getting Anna Jay and Jade Cargill. We're getting um, Ethan Page versus Moxley. And then we're getting the tag match. Yeah, and the tag match. So. Yeah. Uh, then we see Matt Hardy and Andrade having a backstage segment. They have joined forces. Andrade holds now 51% of Matt Hardy's companies. Matt Hardy has 49%, but Hardy says he's going to be the CEO and Andrade will be the president. Hardy says the HFO will now be known as the AHFO. Shoot yeah. me now. <laughs> yes, no kidding. <laughs> Just. The moment he said, oh, you know, he goes, the HFO will now be done as. And I was like, yes, we're getting something different. Yeah. A HFO. Oh, yeah. come on. Just get Jeff Hardy's contract. No, no compete clause <laughs> up so he can come in and Matt can get out of this and they can team together one last time. Yeah. You know, I, I said I wasn't too sure about it at this point. Give me Jeff Hardy. Pull him out of this <laughs> A-H-F-O story. There are too many letters in just an abbreviated name of something. This is not going to end well for big money, Matt. He's going to no. get himself in a pickle he can't get out of. Yep. And I think that's uh, going to quickly unfold with the 51% ownership and uh, well, he may be the CEO, but we all know that doesn't mean anything. One thing I want to uh, address before we get to the main event is there was another match tonight scheduled that didn't happen. That yeah. Was, was advertised to face Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. Um, I don't know why that was pulled. There's speculation that there, uh, that Arn Anderson got COVID or somebody involved in the match got COVID. I was really hoping it was going to happen tonight. And I was hoping tonight was the night that the Bruce, the um, uh, Briscoe brothers, Briscoe's, geez, I also said Bruce's Briscoe brothers would show up because they have an open challenge Wednesday night or Sunday night on like, this upcoming Sunday night on GCW's pay-per-view. I'm speculating that FTR is going to show up there. So I thought it'd be, cool to kind of preview it tonight but i think after listening to the briscoes on busted open i think they are going to come to AEW. it's just a matter of when not if. oh yeah yeah the way yeah. they talked in that interview make everything make sure everything works perfectly how they want it to when yep. they want to and boom they're in so they pretty much said when they come if and when they come they said that everybody else got to take a back seat for the tech team title picture so i'm okay with that yeah they are entertaining. i just i just want this ftr yep. briscoe brothers feud on AEW. i want it at mm -hmm. you know some big pay-per-view whether yep. it be double or nothing or uh even as quick as revolution at this yep. point i mean the briscoes are talents that have been pretty much on roh their whole career or majority of their career they deserve to be on national television they are extremely talented hardworking fun guys to watch in the ring and they're intimidating looking too yeah 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 mm -hmm. that they are that they are 
We then get the main event, Darby Allen and Sting versus the Acclaim. Before the match even begins, well, Max Caster first cut a great promo, and I loved the line about 97 Starcade. I popped for that. Yes, so did I. So <laughs> did I. He's so good on the microphone. He uh, is. Uh, they started beating down Darby. Bowens put a chair around Darby's neck and sent Darby into the ring post. Uh, love the Mike Chemical Romance little uh, mention there with uh, – uh, the black parade as he threw him into the ring post. I don't know if you caught that or not. Yes, I did. Oh, just fantastic. Yes, I did. Darby land hard. Uh, the AD, AEW referee, I think it was Bryce Renberger, Rinsberg, mm-hmm. called for assistance So as Darby's down. So they take uh, Darby away, then becomes a handicap match. Sting's holding his own for a while. At one point, Caster removes the turnbuckle. We went through our last picture-in-picture commercial break with the claim to control. When we return, Darby... Or Sting was taking control of the match. Sting had Max Caster in a Scorpion Deathlock. Bowens hits Sting twice to get him to release the hold. Darby comes out of nowhere and takes out Max Caster. Darby gets Sting back into the ring for the hot tag. Uh, Darby hits the acclaim with the coffin drop. Uh, pulls Max Caster back into the ring. Hits Caster for the co- code red. Allen goes for the pin, but Caster kicked out. The acclaim hit the mic drop on Darby. They go for the pin, but Steen breaks it up. Steen has Caster laying on table. Steen jumps off the stage and goes through the table. He looked kind of shocked on his face. I thought maybe he got the wind knocked on him or might have broke a rib or something, but he seemed to be okay after the match. Yeah. Um, Darby then hit Bones with the coffin drop for the one, two, three. Yeah, his eyes got really, really yeah. big there for a yeah. second. I Like you, I thought he injured himself as soon as he did that because he popped up and he's like, I'm like, oh, great. Somebody's going to have to carry Sting to the back. Yeah, right away. I'm like, oh, no. Did he just re-injure his neck somehow or something with the flash? But I think due to his actions post-match, I think he's okay. Right. Just a little bit of a scare when you know Sting's history. Fun show. (laughs) The main event was fine, but I was surprised that was the main event when they advertised that earlier in the night. I'm like, okay, something big is going to happen. Nothing really and I think that goes back to uh, the tag match being pulled. That, um, that was probably going to be the main event, probably because, it, like you had tweeted or texted me earlier, uh, the Briscoes were probably going to show up. Maybe they couldn't get there, and maybe that's why the match was pulled. Could be. Definitely could be. Uh, we might never know. Uh, we probably never will because I went through all of Arn's Twitter for the last week. There's no mention from him. There's no mention from FTR. Tully hasn't even said anything. So I I'm don't sure, know. I'm sure some journalists will be on it tonight and some reporters, oh, I'm sure. and podcasters. So we'll find out in, in no time. But we'll probably have something from SRS by uh, you know 10 a.m. tomorrow. Probably best in the biz. So yep. rating tonight from zero through ten. Oh, eight and a half. I mean, I wanted to go nine, but that match being pulled pulled me back just that half a rating. I will go nine because, you know, I will, I'm in belief that that match was pulled for circumstances out of everybody's control. I guess we'll find out. But I enjoyed pretty much every segment tonight, every match. I mean, it's it's really hard for me to give a dynamite a ten or even a nine point nine point five. So <laughs> right, nine. I mean, I've been on the seven, seven and a half, even six and a half scale lately. So yep. I thought they really raised the bar last or tonight, and I'm really looking forward to beach beach break next week. I am too. Um, except you know, 
it's cold in Cleveland in it January. Is. You can't go to the beaches of the lake in January unless you want to freeze or you're doing one of those polar club dips. It still is an interesting thing <laughs> for for sure. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, but really, I mean, the, the only thing that kind of threw me off tonight, um, why we had a video package for Cody and Sammy in the middle of a picture-in-picture, picture, I'll never understand. I did like the cue cards with Sammy down in Brazil. Yes. Where him yeah. and Conte are right now for vacation. While, while, they're, uh, while he's meeting her parents. Yep. Ooh, okay. Congratulations to Sammy and Ty Conte for the, their relationship, but that's not a headline story. I don't care where they go. I don't yep. care if they're meeting each other's parents already. Good for them. Yep. No, they're, def they're definitely um, – enjoying each other's company and sharing yeah. a lot of it on social media. And I think, you know, a lot of fans don't mind it and think it's great. And there are some toxic fans out there that are still mad at how things went down with Sammy and Pam and they have no business getting in their relationship or what happened. Well, you know, we don't know the full story, but they're just speculating. So maybe it all came down to, uh, you know, Pam didn't like the fact that Sammy was on the road so much and she couldn't always go with, um, maybe it was a mutual breakup. Maybe Sammy and Ty got hanging out and it was kind of one of those, look, there's chemistry. There's more chemistry than you and I have. You and I have mentioned that, you know, we were kind of trying this. It wasn't really working anyway. So, and I'm sure Pam probably signed off her. Okay. That these two were together because I'm sure Sammy and Pam are still good friends. Yeah. It's, it will, I mean, it just, yeah, they were together, I think eight years. Yeah. So, um, since he really got into wrestling. So I don't know, but I got no problem with Sammy and Ty, Ty sharing whatever they want to share on social media. I mean, you know, I'm one of those people. If you don't like it, just keep scrolling. You don't have keep to it, comment on everything. Keep it PG 13 at least. You know, yeah. I mean, we don't want to uh, have a, a tape scandal of some sort with those two. Of course, I'm no. sure there's some people out there who wouldn't mind that, but oh, I'm sure. AEW <laughs> doesn't need that type of press. No, them. they don't. Not especially after what happened with Sammy and the Sasha ordeal uh, last year or late 2019. Yep, very good point. Um superstar of the night. Wrestling. You know you know what? I'm I'm doing the first half. Superstar of the night. Moxley, he's back. He delivered a fire promo. Uh, he got the first ever F-bomb in AEW history on Probably live television. Probably the last, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Ted Turner was flipping at that point in time, and and uh, Tony Khan was probably doing just the same. But, uh, you know, welcome back, Moxley. You look great. Congratulations on all your success through your recovery. I can't wait to see what he's got going forward. Yep, I got the T-shirt on tonight. Mox is one of my favorites. Great to see him back. Um, well, since you took him, I will go with another guy who didn't have a match tonight, but cut a hell of a promo, Cody Rhodes. Yep, yep. See, that was my other choice. It, it was promo guys tonight for me because the just promos that you wouldn't expect from either one of them. And they were great. Well, I was expecting something big from Cody, but well, it was different than what I was expecting. But. I figured it was going to be a very baby face style thing just because, again, he's getting all that. When are you going to turn? When are you going to sure. turn? When are you going to turn? Sure. And he he acknowledged it again. You know what? You want to know why I won't turn heel? Because you cheer for me every time I need it. Mm -hmm. And he's true. Every big match he's in at some point, the fans will cheer for him. 
So it made perfect sense, but it was two great promos on a great episode of Dynamite. Yep, it was a fun one. I felt like they need to hit a home run with one sooner or later. I feel like that's what they did tonight, and I'm I'm pumped for a beach break next week. Yeah, and you know, I've seen a lot of uh, talk about last week's Dynamite. Uh, you know, the quiet crowd, um, not a whole lot of fans in presence. They were in an area that isn't a big wrestling area. Oh, North Carolina's big wrestling area. It's just a place they overran. They've they've done too much. Uh, uh, they there's a huge independent show there just a month or two ago that had a lot of AEW talent in it. It's just a market they've ran too much. That's the that's right. The, that's what it was. But Rayleigh's always quiet. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, they've been there before. It's been louder in Raleigh, Raleigh, and they ran it too big of a venue where the, oh, where, true. where the Carolina hurricanes play. That's a big venue, which they've ran big venues before, but I just, it was just an off week. I just don't think they, yep. I just think if you run too many times in a row or in a short duration of time in a market, you're going to dry it out. I think that's kind of what happened. They went to DC this week. Haven't been to DC. If I'm remembering correctly, since the very first dynamite. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they got to areas. I mean, Chicago, New York, those are ones you can hit multiple times in the year and always have good crafts because those are two of the hottest wrestling uh, markets in North America. But, Same way with Indianapolis, Indiana. Come back soon. Oh, ha. Well, My prob- bad. It's probably November again. Uh, uh, yeah, probably uh, it be, 2023. It would be nice if they give it a different month and it would come once a year, but is what it is. Or if they're going to come once a year, every year, I guess we can deal with November. Hey, Fort Wayne's got a nice uh, venue up there, too. They could run just as big <laughs> as the, if not bigger than the uh, Farmer's Coliseum. So. It's a little bit of a closer drive. It is, for you and I, it is. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens, though. They'll, yep. they'll keep expanding, I'm sure. Yeah, they will, they will. So a lot, a lot of fun venues and spots coming up, and Tony's T's yep. going to the West Coast around double or nothing time. So those fans deserve that, too, because they went to Utah that one time, but that was the last Dynamite uh, pre-pandemic. So Yeah. Utah. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. So uh, your final thoughts for the night, Tanner? Yeah, I, I feel like I've kind of – uh, spit them all out here already, but uh, fun show. Really looking forward to next week. Um, that ladder match is gonna be awesome. I hope it's AEW's version of Razor Ramon versus HBK. Um, looking forward to uh, lights out match too. Let's see what uh, Orange and Adam Cole can do, and I guarantee there's gonna be a lot of killer. <laughs> a lot of color mm-hmm. yeah uh it's gonna be a great show next week great show this week looking forward to it they are heading in the right direction full steam ahead and yep. there's really no sign of slowing down for AEW. and i am so looking forward to it it's full steam ahead to the revolution march 6th yeah let's just hope we get a, a little bit more of a build than we did for the last one yeah i think uh yeah, they still got a whole nother month. So this is the this is their big gap between pay per views from full gear to revolution where they can really build stories. Yep. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh and with that, be sure to follow Kicking Out Podcast on all social media platforms at Kicking Out Pod. Uh, be sure to listen to us everywhere you listen to your 
podcast. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, give us a like and a review. It helps us uh, get up into the rankings. Five-star rating, least. please. Give us a Meltzer. <laughs> five-star. You can't go six-star like he does, but you can oh. give us five. Well, you can give us five-star and then in the comment write six-star yeah. podcast. If I could give this a six-star, I would. There you go. That That's what we want to see. We want to move up those rankings a little bit. We want to be those top five guys. Uh, follow Tanner Lee at Tanner Lee 92 on all social media. Follow myself at Paul Zartman 921 on all social media. Don't forget to swing by Pro Wrestling Tees. Pick up some KOP merchandise. Support a great podcast and looking or look great while doing so. And with that, for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. <laughs>